Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hello, and welcome listeners uh, to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast series brought to you by your CompTIA business technology communities worldwide. Uh, as always, my name is Gary Bixler. I'm Vice President of Member Communities at CompTIA and excited to be your host for this podcast series. Each week, we'll be bringing you a new podcast around interesting topics related to the business of tech. And each of those podcasts will be brought to you by one of our unique CompTIA member communities from around the world. Today, uh, we're pleased to have Yvette Steele with us. Yvette is the community manager for our Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity community. So Yvette, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am so happy to be here as always. I love our uh, Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity podcast listeners, um, delivering the content that you need in order to upskill your workforce as well as um, you know improve the diversity, equity, inclusion within your workplaces. So uh, happy to be here and, and talk yeah. about the great content we've got coming up. Yeah, outstanding and uh, such uh, outstanding work that you guys do in that community. Before we get too far past it, I want to make sure and remind our listeners, uh, you can push pause right now and go hit that subscribe button on your podcast, wherever you're listening to your podcast. It, uh, that way you won't miss any of the uh, great content that's coming uh, your way. So before we uh, kind of dive into the, uh, the meat of the topic here of that, I know you've got a birthday coming up. And I also know that, uh, you know, food is one of your passions. Any, any plans for any special meals or cooking or anything in celebration of the birthday? Well, first of all, I'm turning 21 again, uh, just, for the, just so that we're clear. I am anti-aging. I think I've been 21 for at least 30 years about now. So um, we're going to keep it that way. And uh, in order to celebrate this time, um, you know, I'm being completely lazy. I'm not doing a darn thing. I'm having um, my husband do the cooking, my children do the cooking, a caterer do the cooking, baking, whatever it is. I'm going to enjoy uh, relaxing, uh, rest and relaxation for uh, my birthday weekend. That's that's the plan. Anything more than showing up to the table is going to be too much for me. Well, that's a, sounds like a great plan to me and certainly well-deserved. So happy 21st uh, to you <laughs> ahead of time. Uh, you look great. You look every bit of your 21 right. uh, and um, happy for you and your birthday and I hope your husband does you proud uh, with the food preparation. So let's, uh, let's dive into the topic at hand. So this is a really exciting series. We're right in the middle of it. Hopefully uh, our listeners had a chance to listen to parts one and two of Culture Shift. Uh, and we're now turning a corner uh, into um, part three. So tell us uh, just a little bit about what to expect in this part three. Um, absolutely. So, you know, the part three is titled The Road to Equity for All. Um, you know, again, we, we want to make sure that uh, our content is uh, resonating with, uh, with the trends and, and the shifts in cultures and the attitudes and the beliefs of, of you know, of, of 
what's going on in the world today. So we want to talk about uh, defining equity within the organization, uh, talking about equity as a core value, and of course, helping organizations um, practice what they preach so that they move beyond just uh, making statements and, and talking about things, but uh, giving them practical advice so they can move the needle and, and do some things. So um, I've got some um, awesome subject matter experts to, to help us explore the topic and give us some um, actionable advice. So uh, Cal Jackson, who is the head of DNI at Tech Data, uh, Cassandra Allen of VCOM, uh, Suzanne Tedrick, uh, cloud engineer of IBM, and uh, Paige Ray of Strategic Communications. Um, have a wealth of knowledge on the subject and have uh, kind of walked a day in the life. So, um, you know, just just put your headset on, uh, get your notebooks out and uh, get ready for um, some uh, some really good actionable advice. Excellent. Sounds like a great group. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go ahead and uh, listen in. Hello and welcome back. This is part three in our series culture shift. If you are new to the series, I highly encourage you to take a listen to the previous discussions on culture and the remote workforce, as well as culture and optimizing talent. We discussed the importance of employee wellness and shared advice for employers as well as individuals. Your business will benefit from the advice we shared on topics relating to culture transformation, from upskilling your workforce to growing your diverse talent pipeline by adopting a remote uh, woo, a remote first mindset. In today's discussion, you'll hear from industry thought leaders, Paige Ray, Human Resources Director, Strategic Communications, Cal Jackson, Director, Diversity and Inclusion Global Programs at Tech Data, Cassandra Allen, uh, Director, Talent Management at VCOM, and Suzanne Tedrick, Cloud Engineer at IBM. Today, we're going to pinpoint deep-rooted barriers that keep organizations from achieving true diversity and equity. We'll discuss how leaders must use this moment to reflect, to adopt new ways of thinking about inclusion, and how to have courageous conversations about race in the workplace. So before we dive in, let's get to know today's experts. Paige, let's start with you. Tell us about your role at Strategic Communications. Sure thing, thanks for having me, Yvette. Um, so my name is Paige Ray. I am the HR Director for Strategic Communication. We are an information technology value-added reseller and IT service provider headquartered out of Kentucky, um, but we do provide services nationwide. And my role here is pretty much anything and everything as it pertains to human resources. So um, starting with the initial employee recruitment phases and onboarding, all the way through the life cycle, performance management, um, wellness, diversity, you name it. If it has to deal with our people, then it's under my umbrella. Paige is the people person. Good to know. Um, Cal? You're on mute. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Cal Jackson. I am the director of our global program at, diverse, at uh, Tech Data. And I've been here six years now at building the strategy behind building an environment of inclusion here, our cultural competence education modules. And this is a global role. So as you can imagine, it is taking a look at, you know, just how it impacts our business here in the Americas, also in Europe and in Asia Pacific. 
Thank you, Kel. Happy to have you. Cassandra? Hi, everyone. I'm Cassandra Allen. I'm the Director of Talent Management at VCOM Solutions, and I'm super excited to be here today. Um, in my role at VCOM, I handle the people-facing side of HR, so it's a pretty all-encompassing role from the very beginning stages of attracting talent to VCOM and all the way through the entire employee life cycle from career progression, planning, um, talent management, all the way um, until we see people move on to other things. So pretty exciting opportunity that I have there. Absolutely. Uh, glad you could join us today, Cassandra. Uh, Suzanne returns from our previous series and uh, happy to have you back, but uh, introduce yourself to our audience in case they weren't a part of the first part of the series. Well, thank you so much, Yvette, and really happy to be, be back here. Uh, so I am Suzanne Tedrick, a cloud engineer at IBM. Uh, my role at IBM is to help both our clients as well as our sales teams understand the business and technical benefits of cloud computing. So really taking a look at where our clients would are currently at in terms of their infrastructure and application development and help them to see an ideal state and partner with them to get there. Awesome, uh, Suzanne, thanks so much. So I'm so happy to be working with each of you today. And I wanna start um, having this conversation um, you know, uh, about the importance of, of culture shift. So Cal, in, in the wake of this movement towards social change, there's been a lot of conversations and publicized, uh, publicized commitment statements from CEOs like never before on racial equity. So let's talk about the difference between equity and equality and what equity looks like in an organization. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Yvette, it's, it's an ongoing discussion because equality is used so, so often uh, when we're talking about diversity and inclusion and building equality. And, you know, the, the most common descriptor is that, you know, equity, you know, is bringing to people what they need rather than just, uh, you know, uh, a blanket pr provision for everyone and considering it to be fair. You know, that's where that came from. Uh, I'm trying to be fair, so I'm going to give everyone the exact same thing. Well, as we all know, based upon our various dimensions of diversity and our experiences, uh, I may not need the exact same thing that Cassandra needs or that uh, Paige needs. So you have to understand your employees and, and provide equitable support resources and even how to communicate uh, to, to meet their needs. Uh, that, that to me is the difference between equity and equality. I couldn't agree with you more um, about that, Cal, because, you know, throughout my career, um, I've needed different things at different times. And, um, you know, what I need, as a matter of fact, in, in my role here at CompTIA for the last six years, um, you know, what I needed back when I first started is completely different than, you know, my needs now. So um, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think it's important for uh, leaders as they think of ways to become more inclusive to definitely have equity um, as part of their, their strategy for ensuring that, um, that they're getting the best out of their, their employees and that we can be as productive as we possibly can. So um, really love your, your point there about um, the difference between um, equity and equality. So I'm, I'm going to uh, switch gears a little bit here. 
Um, now's the time uh, to take the energy of the moment and translate it into say lasting and meaningful change. Leaders are looking for ways to support their black employees as well as upskill their workforce around racism, bias and inclusion. Um, they know all too well the importance of, of getting this right. So Paige, uh, let's talk about the barriers they will face and how to overcome them. Yeah, so I mean, I think as far as uh, potential barriers, diversity inclusion has definitely become, you know, more commonplace within work environments, especially in light of recent events. And I think that's an amazing trend. But at the same time, I think a lot of employees, especially, you know, black African American employees, still feel like they're not being heard or that they don't have an adequate voice within their organization. So to me, I think one of the best ways that we can promote inclusion is to start by listening. And that's something that you can do no matter what size your organization is, whether you're big or you're small. You know, CEOs can preach all day long that they have, um, they're an advocate for the black community or for all races. But until, until they start having those real and candid conversations, um, I don't think that a whole lot's going to get accomplished. So making sure that people know that they're more than just an asset and more than just a number and that the leadership really and truly does care about what's going on in their lives. Thank you. Suzanne. AJ. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just going to ask Suzanne, what would you like to add to that? No, I, I agree with Paige um, wholeheartedly. I, I think for managers and leaders, I, I think that, you know, some of the barriers that they have are the fact that, you know, they're, they're coming from a place of, of not knowing, not understanding this unique lens that um, Black people or other people of color are, are kind of coming from. And, and the, you know, the years of, of things you've kind of had to take on the shoulder, the bias, the microaggressions. And so um, it, it is incumbent on, on managers and leaders to you know, really educate themselves. I would say that you know, there might be a healthy degree of skepticism from communities of color about whether or not these managers are, are truly going to be allies or advocates, or if this is part of a, um, for, for lack of a better term, a, a marketing ploy. Um, and I think, I think again, that skepticism is, is a fairly healthy one. So I, I would say to managers and leaders, expect that there may be pushback um, and that there might be some raised eyebrows, but that if you are you know, committed to being an advocate and an ally, educating yourself and listening and, and pushing your understanding of you know, what these communities have, have gone through, I, I think is a very important thing for all managers and leaders to do. You know, you know, Suzanne, I greatly appreciate what you just said in regards to the, um, I think you call it a publicity ploy of some sort. Um, that that is something that need that is so real and needs to be brought up. I'm glad you brought it up because in talking to other diversity inclusion practitioners at other organizations, where some jumped into this right away and said, "This is a part of our core value." And it was very easy for them to even make the statement more than the statement and, and there was action attached to it, right? 
then there are other practitioners I talk to, they go, well, okay, so many others have done it. I guess we better do it too. And that really wrote a lot of data for the culture of that organization, especially for their employees. All employees uh, saw that and were waiting and, and, and hoping to see their company step up. And unfortunately, either they stepped up late or then they stepped up with just a kind of a superfluous type of a statement, which was evident they did it because everyone else did. Once again, people are walking around in that organization now with uh, an even clearer understanding of the, the core values of the, the, the company and, and looking at it as, as you mentioned, the publicity stunt. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I wanted to add as well that um, often there's a tendency for leadership to assume in you know a time where we're confronting um, racial injustice, particularly in the workplace, that we need to bring our Black employees into um, the diversity conversations to have them educate our fellow workforce members. And honestly, um, I've talked to some of our, um, some of my coworkers in particular who have shared, there's a sense of burden and an overwhelm that they may feel coming into this. And I think it's really important for leadership to empath um, empathize with those feelings and the emotion um, and know that we shouldn't place that burden necessarily on our black employees to bring those topics to the forefront. Um, definitely give them um, a voice, be, give them an ear. I love what Paige said earlier about listening and really making it clear that we value their perspective, but also not that we're putting the burden on them to take on the onus of educating their coworkers and um, bringing you know, perspective to the organization that like Suzanne was sharing, we can definitely educate ourselves on. There's so much that we can learn um, and so much available information to us that we really don't need to put that onus on our black colleagues. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that as um, I think it's, it's important what that now that the leaders have taken a position and they're making statements and talking about changing policies that they practice what they preach. Otherwise, it's just going to be, um, you know, the, the, the press release and no action taken towards permanent change. So um, you know, when, when you look, when you consider what's going to be important and, and how to really drive change, uh, leaders have got to um, lead by example and help people um, understand that this is a commitment and give the tools and the resources that you'll need um, so that they can live out the values that they espouse to be so important. So, you know, that leads me to, um, you know, talking about uh, the culture shift that this is really uncharted territory uh, for many organizations and it, it's not going to happen overnight. So, you know, leaders, as always, must lead by example, but also gain an understanding of racial history, uh, structural in inequities, and start conversations on education, allyship, and self-reflection. So pull out your crystal balls and look forward into a year into the future. And let's be silent for a second and let our audience consider this as well. 
the organization has put in the work. So Suzanne, let's examine what progress looks like at an organizational level and what leads you to your conclusion. So um, just thinking selfishly in the, in the terms of, of tech, um, you know, for me, progress is, you know, the, the stem of the negative migration of uh, people of color and specifically women um, from technical careers. Um, progress looks like, um, you know, more intentional mentorship programs or more sponsorship programs where it's actually helping to advance uh, people of color uh, to you know management positions or executive level, um, and and the reason I think that uh, this is progress is because I mean this is what we've been gearing towards since you know for for the longest for several for several decades now. Um, if we're really kind of using this as a lightning rod for you know action, um, and if everyone's really genuine and intentional we should start to see this more reflected in uh, our, di when we look at the diversity of how companies are organized, you'll see more people of color in management positions. You'll see them in more um, high level positions than you would in more low level positions. You'll see that they're engaged. You'll see that they're less likely to leave an industry or leave an organization. Um, I think those are the, the biggest uh, key indicators for me. I like those. Um, and that would be a great shift in culture for organizations to begin to, uh, to see the value and also leverage um, you know, all those things that you just talked about, the, the diverse talent and a leadership role, um, employees being more engaged and there's a huge difference between employee engagement and satisfaction and that engagement piece is to me what makes my job meaningful when I'm engaged. So um, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I think Suzanne touched on a couple of interesting points there. Um, and one area that I would say kind of goes in line with what she said is making sure you have conscious communication. So really thinking about the things that you're putting out there and then from that, are they more than just words and are you actually taking action from those things? Um, I think the point that she touched on with regards to career advancement opportunities for individuals is critical. I mean, if you're not showing your minorities or your underprivileged or your people with disabilities or, you know, there's a whole list of things that you could go through, but if you're not providing those advancement opportunities for them and showing them that you really care, then what are you really doing to ensure that they stay satisfied and want to work for your company? I like that, uh, Paige. Thank you. I'm sorry, Cassandra. I think I would also add that if we're looking out just um, one year from now, uh, that I would want to see that work is still being done in this area um, intentionally, that the conversations are still continuing, that people are um, sharing new perspectives. People are not just listening to them, but validating those perspectives rather than trying to find a way to 
you know, push perspectives back into a box, we're actually embracing them and bringing them out in the open and, and exploring how we might be able to evolve based on those new perspectives and ideas. Um, and, and that it's this constant, consistent, sustained effort over time that's going to really bring the most change that we want. Um, and so I would hope in a year from now that we would see this still being a very viable discussion topic that we're, you know, in, embracing every day. And I think we're, we're all in the same place. Uh, when Suzanne started talking, I said, oh, she hacked into my crystal ball, um, took uh, everything I was going to say. And, but I, I will be the cautious cow uh, on the call to say um, your question was within a year. And from what I'm seeing within the tech you know, industry, it's not going to be a year. A, a, the, the work that we are all striving for and to see the actual, you know, uh, something that's more than just minimal change, it's going to take a few years, uh, but it's got to be consistent, intentional, and, and getting leadership to do their due diligence around this work because uh, we can't afford to lose any momentum, what little we may have in regards to it. But I, I'm, I'm just being cautious to say within a year, I don't know if it will be even measurable. Um, however, we may have more people who are on board and more people who are, are definitely helping us to, to push this boulder uphill. And, and I, I also hope that, you know, it's not a long time, but, but I think we all know how much this industry changes and how to approach it for even us is going to change. You know, if we, we think about, uh, you know, things have changed so quickly when people talk about how long ago the cell phone uh, came into our lives and cloud and uh, now, you know, we may not all be returning back to tech data. You know, 15,000 employees around the globe have proven we can work virtually. And, and so, you know, how does that impact our DNI programs when we're not actually doing cultural competence education face to face, we're doing it virtual. You're not in, you know, uh, interacting as much, you know. So, so yeah, it, it's it's there are a lot of variables that are always ongoing. But all I'm saying is is that we've got to not give up the fight. And that's the point that I really wanted to make here is that you know within a year's time a lot of progress may not be made and it's, it's taken a long time just to get to this point where we're having the conversation to even talk about it but the important thing is is that the conversation is ongoing and that their organizations make decisions about one or two actions that they can impact and then pull out all stops to drive those forward so that a year from now we can look back at this and we should revisit this um, as a community in terms of what progress has been made since since we started talking about this thanks for tuning in to this episode of the comptia biztech podcast for more information on comptia membership communities and councils visit comptia.org membership if you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.